Hello, everyone. Hey, we're, we're recording. We're here. We're here in the um, in the magic room, and uh, we're, we're we're holding a wonderful cup of tea. And I got a nice soft little blankie, and I got Salem with me, and he is, ironically enough, laying on the purple Halloween blanket that has all of the black cats on it. And yeah, we're doing good. My name is Dana, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time. And welcome to the Every Which Way podcast. Today is not a normal episode. And I use that term very loosely because, I mean, being normal is vastly overrated. And if you know where that comes from, we're good. We can we can be besties. <laughs> You have to get my incredibly obscure and very detailed references in order to be my bestie. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't really. I promise. Um, but yeah, welcome. Welcome. Today is Sabbat Spooks. And uh, that's where um, usually, okay, I need to, I need to... <laughs> tell you guys that I kind of messed up the timing for the last two Sabbath spooks because usually how I like to do it is on the week of the Sabbath. And instead of me doing that for Imbolc and Yule, I did it the week after because my timing is just awful. <laughs> but that doesn't matter because we're here. We're here and we're comfy and we got some candles going and I got some incense. And yeah. I am drinking the cinnamon swirl tea from the Dollar Tea Club. Seriously, I, I talk about this on pretty much almost every episode. Y'all need to check them out. Seriously, it's really good tea. It's pretty good prices. And they're just phenomenal. And I'm drinking it in my ghouls and grinds mug because we're getting spooky today. Of course we are. It's a Sabbath spooks. Who, <laughs> who would have thought? That we begin spooky on a Sabbath spooks. <laughs> so, how are you guys doing since uh, since last we we met up in an episode? Are you what are you drinking? Are you having some water, which is good for you, or are you drinking coffee or tea, or are you drinking uh, milk? Everyone likes a good milk. Who doesn't like a good milk? I know I like a good milk. I mean, not plain milk unless it's got honey in it because I'm a freaking weirdo. <laughs> And uh, I like strawberry and chocolate milk, though I can't have too much chocolate because I'm allergic to it. I mean, that doesn't stop me because it's chocolate. I'm still going to eat it. And yeah, or or do you have a nice adult beverage with you? Maybe a maybe a shot, maybe a, a beer, maybe a martini, or maybe just like a wine cooler. Any and all drinks are acceptable, you know. <sighs> My week has been pretty good. No, no major issues. Uh, just a little nippy here in South Central PA. And aside from that, I, I have really nothing to, to add. My week, like I said, went fine. Work was good. Uh, partner's good. Kitty cats are good. I, uh, I did finish reading a book though, and I started a new one. And once I'm done with that one, I think I'm going to talk about it on the pod. So look forward to that. But that's going to be some time because I'm a slow reader. 
I mean, I didn't used to be, but these days I, I kind of am. And that's okay. That's okay. My thing is, um, I had my, one of my goals for this year was to read a minimum of three books, and I've already read two. Granted, one of them was a volume one of a manga, but still, I still count it because it is technically a book. Technically, it is, so I count it. But, um, yeah, I'm well on my way, and I think I'll, I think I'll surpass that goal, and I'm actually really excited. I, I really am. But tell me how you guys are doing, please. I, I would love to know before we get into the spooky part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, you know, shoot me a, a message or go on to my uh, Instagram that I ignore <laughs> or my Facebook page that I also ignore. I'm so bad at, at interacting on social media. I really am. I should I should get better at that. Okay. So anyway, what am I talking about today on this very special, very spooky episode of Sabbath Spooks? Well, so far with I think one exception, I've kind of stuck to the states and this one I wanted to go across the pond as they say. Yes, yes. Mm. Love tea. And I'm going to be talking about the black shuck from the uh from Great Britain. So I uh for for whoever may be listening from England or the UK, I uh if I get pronunciations wrong, or if I just sound like a complete and to- total horse's ass, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I-, I did try my best. But yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So let's just get right into it. All right. Black Shuck, also known as Old Shuck, Old Shock, or just Shuck. There are a couple of other names, but these are the ones that I found the uh, most common. Yeah. So this creature, cryptid, is it a cryptid? I guess it's a cryptid, is typically around the size of a cart horse with shaggy black fur and red eyes. Sometimes only one red eye in the middle of its forehead or face, kind of like a cyclops. And most witnesses have said that it is a ghostly dog and not corporeal. The first recorded sighting was in the town of Peterborough in 1127, which, funnily enough, coincided with the arrival of Abbot Henry of Poito. Poitou? Poison. Poito. I don't fucking know. Again, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing these right. But um, the this sighting happened on a Sunday. And what witnesses claimed to have witnessed, <laughs> obviously, is a large group of huntsmen that were riding on black, huge, and that were black, huge, and terrifying and rode on the back of black horses and he-goats. Uh, 
they could be heard in the woods nearby the church. And their hounds were jet black with eyes like saucers and horrible. Seen in the woods, ranging from Peterborough and Stamford, monks could hear their horns all in the night. And it's said that this sighting was actually one of the wild hunt. But we're focusing on the black shuck, not the wild hunt. And while black shuck isn't, I guess, the main focus of that um, sighting, I want to include that because I thought that it was an interesting, the, the hounds that were with that resembled, had some resemblance to black shuck. The word shuck is believed to stem from the old English word suka, meaning devil or fiend, or ska, to to terrify. Black shuck primarily roams the East Anglia area of East England, which is comprised of the Norfolk and Suffolk counties, but sometimes also includes Cambridgeshire and Essex. He prefers... It prefers dark forests, graveyards, bodies of water, and side roads. There have been occasional reports of black shuck floating on the mist, sometimes headless, which I thought was very interesting, and varying in size, often emitting flame from its neck when it's headless and sometimes has yellow eyes instead of the common red it has been reported as part donkey and part dog with two heads or being made of sea fog so a nice nice variety of things there and that's already pretty pretty darn creepy at least to me anyway most tales and sightings describe Black Shuck as an omen or harbinger of death, although on occasion, Black Shuck's been described as friendly and helpful to lost travelers by some, though this is rare, so mostly it's considered an omen of bad fortune and death. And the reason why I wanted to cover Black Shuck, aside from wanting to do something from another country, is because I think it's a little creepy and scary for something like a dog or a hound, you know, something familiar that we relate to with being friendly and dependent and protective as being something that can harm or bring about harm. And I think that's, that's really scary and unsettling. There was a sighting in 1577 of a huge dog appearing in a clap of thunder, bursting through the Blytheburg church doors. As a result, this caused the steeple to collapse, which crushed a man and a boar. And of course, they both died. That same night, it was spotted outside a church in Bungay. Two congregation members died from broken necks after it ran between them. After it left the church in Blytheburg, scorch marks were all it left behind. The Blytheburg account was published in a pamphlet titled A Strange and Terrible Wonder by Abraham Fleming. 
Another very notable sighting appeared in the 17th century, century bleh, near Blickling Hall in Norfolk. Sir Henry Henry, I can pronounce my awas. <laughs> A Sir Henry Hobart owned Blickling Hall. And he was a knight, a politician, and kind of a dick and a bad neighbor. Not gonna lie. He was killed in a duel with a neighbor after a political dispute. It was during his funeral that a dog came and laid at the feet of the gravedigger, called the sexton, whining loudly. Later on that day, and this is creepy, Henry's body was found torn from the ground and his lead coffin and strewn out on the grass. His family, of course, buried him in the nearby woods on the grounds. This happened on the grounds of the estate of Blickling Hall. But the ground kind of just spat him out again and didn't want him, which I kind of thought was a little funny. I mean, sad because this guy's uh, rest is being disturbed. But also, I mean, if you were a dick, you kind of deserved it. The third and final time, Henry's body was weighed down by stones and lowered into the lake on the estate or somewhere nearby. I couldn't really get an exact thing, an exact um, location, and it didn't occur to me until right now as I'm recording that I could have just looked it up in a map. But, hey, this is this is why I don't get paid to do this. It's just a fun hobby. <laughs> uh, goodness. Anyway, back to the sighting. A few days later, the groundskeeper caught what he said was a monstrous eel with an, and I quote here, evil appearance while fishing, which he, of course, took home to cook in a stew. Because, you know, something that is evil will just eat it. <laughs> just eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. Go on, groundskeeper, eat it. You caught a eel from a dead guy. Now you're gonna put it in a stew or pie. Just eat it. Just eat it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 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 really tired, so I'm I'm a little bit silly. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I didn't mean to hit my mic. After putting the eel in the pot, the groundskeeper carried on whatever he was doing in his cute little hut as normal. But eventually a strange noise started to emanate from the pot. And upon investigating, the groundskeeper saw that the eel was thrashing about before disappearing in an explosion of steam in its place, but not in the actual pot pot was a huge dog with Henry Hobart's eyes. It burst through the wooden hut door after growling at the groundskeeper, seeming to leave a curse behind on the estate. The hound was eventually imprisoned in the southeast tower, which for some reason either lifted or paused the curse. And by the curse, I mean like a lot of people started getting sick or dying in the family, and it was just no bueno. It was very little bueno. Well, the story doesn't end there. 
Blickling Hall was eventually bought by a William Kerr in in the 1860s. During this time, his sister happened to see a large black dog charge through the drawing room before disappearing behind a tapestry. The following day, being the amazingly wonderful and considerate brother that William was, William announced that he had breached the blocked entrance to the Southeast Tower, which had been sealed away two centuries prior. The dog has been sighted on the grounds ever since. Now that's that's mostly the legend, but uh, from what I managed to uncover in my research, Henry Hobart's body is actually in the family vault on the estate. Um, if you're from England or the UK, I don't know which one you prefer. England, UK, Great Britain, please tell me. I don't want to like offend you or anything like that. Um, could you verify that or something? Because I'm not going to lie, I completely forgot to research that too, because my brain be little. Anyway, moving on. In the early Middle Ages, in what's now modern-day Southery, but what was an island in the Fens, which is like a little marshy wetland portion, monks arrived to build the first Christian church. And of course, the locals didn't take kindly to that. And, you know, as you do, they started killing the monks. Like, hey man, stop this. Don't want this church. Go die. Well, they, the monks did not like that. So armed soldiers were sent to slaughter the locals, you know, as you do. But the soldiers ended up dying because the locals knew the lay of the land and were able to utilize that to their advantage, which I I love that because, you know, I don't be a dick and go into someone else's home and do shit like that, you know? The Baron of Northwald, who kind of, I guess, oversaw, ruled over, or had the fen portion of that area in his lands or whatever, sent in wolfhounds, since the soldiers and monks weren't cutting it. But the wolfhounds started consuming the bodies of the deceased monk monks and soldiers before they turned on the remaining live people. The monks fled, and so did the fensmen, who moved deeper into the wetlands, leaving the wolfhounds to turn on each other. Eventually, only one remained. The remaining hound began to starve until she, and every source that I read on this particular sighting has called her she was taken in by a fensman who taught her (laughs) to hunt the baron's deer (laughs) eventually the monks returned to the fence and the wolfhound would growl at them but remain friendly towards the locals eventually she disappeared for a week before showing up mysteriously pregnant and the reason why it was so mysterious is because there were no wild wolves anywhere in that part of england that caused the monks to believe that she was pregnant with the devil's child only one pup was born and 
it was a mix of hound and wolf. Eventually, the poor mom passed away, and the pup took her place in hunting the baron's deer and getting the fresh meat for the fensmen. It is said that this pup, that this pup, <laughs> that this pup eventually grew to the size of an ox. So big, large boy, big, big, large boy. The monks eventually finished building their church, and when the bishop bishop of North Elmham came to consecrate it, one of the soldiers saw this pup, now full grown, and concluded. It was a descendant of the wolfhounds. Apparently, the soldier had been present when the wolfhounds were first sent in. And because of that, this soldier attacked the dog in the village. But because the dog did not like that, and rightfully so, might I add, he ripped out the soldier's throat. Unfortunately, his fellow soldiers, in, ret- in retaliation, fired numerous arrows at the hound, and unfortunately, the hound retreated into wetlands with several arrows piercing its body. It has never been seen since. However, angry howls can be heard at midnight every year on the 29th of May. Legend has it that should anyone hear the hound's howls, they'll die within the year. The church the monks built now lies in ruin, and a replacement was eventually erected in 1858. It's said that the carnal, charnel, carnal house where the monks' bones rest has large teeth marks in its cornerstones from the wolfhound trying to reach them. Locals apparently tend to avoid the ruins at night. So those were kind of the big old, oldish sightings that I was able to find. But old, old Shuck is not a relic of the past. Oh, no, 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 no. Old Shuck is still around. It was appar- apparently sighted in sorry not cited it um howls of a hound were heard by fishermen in Sheringham in the 1920s and 30s during stormy nights there was a sighting in 1970 in great yarmouth and one in westbeck in 1980 today Bungay hosts an annual Black Shuck Festival, and there are even a few songs about Black Shuck, which I did not know. Did you? Because I, I didn't know. Black Shuck has appeared in a couple films, one being Annabelle Comes Home, the 2020 stop-motion horror film Curse of the Black Shuck, and even appears as a mini-boss in the 2020 video game Assassin's Creed Valhalla. In addition to all of that, the Burning Black Legend of Black Shuck is a graphic novel that was published in June 2019 and has Black Shuck as the primary antagonist. But 
What exactly is Black Shuck? Is it a phantom? Is it indeed a harbinger of death? An omen of ill tidings? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if it is or not. But that's all I have for you today. This isn't a, a, a long episode, but it's not too short. I think it's I think it's just right, just right in the middle. I uh, I hope I scared you a little bit. <laughs> I know that uh, I was a little perturbed researching some of those some of those uh, sightings and stuff like that. But now that we've covered the subject matter, I my brain was just like how word. How to word, Dana, how to word, Dana, don't know. It's time for a reading. I haven't done one in a while, so I'm I'm doing one today. Today I am using the Wild Woman Rising Oracle Deck by Angie Sullins with artwork by Jenna Della Grotaglia. See, it's not just it's not just places in foreign lands that I can't pronounce, it's also names. <laughs> But let's do another quick shuffle here. Alrighty. Another one. <laughs> there we go. Okay, let's see what this coming week has for us. Ooh, number 20, Rise Again. I love, okay, I, I love the artwork in this in this Oracle deck period, but this one is especially wonderful because it's a woman and she's got blue scarabs around her and she has blue flowers in her hair and she is just absolutely wonderful i freaking love it but let's see rise again rise sister and rise again do not let your past your limitations or your fear keep you from rising again and again like the ancient beetle so sacred to the egyptians you will crawl and scratch your way through the dirt, but you will also rise and fly. Let go of what no longer serves you. Release the thoughts and habits that keep you from your inner lightness. For when we resurrect our hopes and align them with a new vision of ourselves and the world, wild woman rises. So there you go. I don't know who needed to hear that. But I hope that it brought you some comfort or a little bit of guidance, maybe even some relief. I, before I go, I, and I, I don't like really doing this, but it is important. Um, if you guys could just share this podcast around, rate it, um, leave leave a review, that would help me out tremendously, especially with the algorithms. Um, also this podcast is not just on Spotify, but it's Apple, Apple, <laughs> also on Apple podcasts and it's up on YouTube. Yes, that's right. It is up on YouTube under the, um, which of the gathering YouTube channel, which is mine, of, of course. And yeah, I would greatly appreciate it if you guys would take the time to, uh, to, rate review and share this it would mean the world to me and before i go i want to thank you for listening to this episode of sabbath spooks Ooh, i hope i scared you a little bit today you all have a magically marvelous monday 
make sure you drink plenty of water and be kind to yourself. That's very important. Don't just make good choices. Of course, do that. But also be kind to yourself because you deserve it. You are worthy of being treated with kindness. And I hope that you do that with yourself. I love you all very much. And I will see you in the next episode, even though this is not a visual format yet. (laughs) Bye, guys.